0: Good morning, good morning, (laughs) there we go, you guys are awake, so glad to be here on this beautiful morning of 2022, happy new year to everyone as well as Russ said earlier, if you were like me, you were excited that we were turning over to a new year because 2021 was a rough one. Wasn't just for me, I talked to other people who said that they that 2021 was surprisingly a worse year than 2020 was for them. And so I was out at before um New Year's Eve came, and I was just thinking about all the reasons why I was so excited um, that we we're coming up on a new year. I thought about all of the bad things that happened that I wanted to forget about, and then I realized that I was being very pessimistic. And so I decided to change my point of view. And I thought about all of the good things that God had did in my life, in my family's life last year, and that really helped me to stop and be thankful to God for everything that happened that year, and instead of wanting to throw that year in the trash, I remembered I would not want to dismiss it because then I wouldn't have experienced the good things that God did last year for me. So this week, I do the same thing is if you were like me and you were so ready for 2022 to begin, sit down and go through the good things that God did for you this year and stop and praise him. And that really changes our perspective as we really, really, really want God to do great things for us in 2022. So I don't usually do like a New Year's resolution. I usually pick one thing um, that year that I want to focus on because if I choose one thing, I'm more likely to actually do it, right, than if I do a list of six. So last year, I decided to, um, that I wanted to read my Bible more outside of work. So outside of, you know, talking to people, ministry, devotions, um, preparing for sermons, I really wanted to get into a rhythm of reading my Bible regularly. So I knew in order to do that successfully, I would need accountability. So I signed up for um, a Bible study online called Bible Study Fellowship, which some of you may be familiar with. And what they do is they take one book of the Bible, and they go through it in nine months. So you're just taking a few verses every week. You're sitting in those verses, and you're trying to, to decipher what is going on in that text and what God is teaching you that week. And so um, one thing that I learned doing that is verses that I was very familiar with that I've heard. I've been in church since I was five. Um, really gave me a new perspective on that verse and verses and helped me understand what God was teaching me. Through that text and so that's what we're going to do today we're going to look at a a text that a lot of you if you have been in the church before have um, heard many times and um, others of you this may be the very first time that you're hearing it which is really exciting that you get, get to really dig into what we're going to talk about this morning and we're going to talk about prayer is the central theme of today's message and before we jump in and talk about prayer let's stop for a moment and pray Lord, I thank you so much for your, um, this time together this morning to speak the word to your people, to sit in your word, in your text, and see what you are teaching us today. Can I just ask that 2022 will be a great year for us individually in our lives with whatever we're praying for, that you will bring um, things to pass that we have been praying for for weeks or months or years God, that we will feel your presence, that the church will continue to grow in relationships and in community and um, being able to uh, serve your people well. I thank you that you divide, I ask that you divide this sermon to everyone that is is listening in person and online and that you will speak to us individually this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So the text we're looking at this morning is Matthew 6 and um, a lot of you, as I said earlier, Have heard this before. It is called um, most commonly the Lord's Prayer. Some people refer to it as the Disciples Prayer because it's the Lord teaching the disciples how to pray. And then a new um, name that I came across in my studies this week is the Community Prayer. And so we'll talk about that a little bit later in the message on why it is called the Community Prayer. So the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna establish what is prayer. So when we talk about prayer, it is a conversation between us and God. And what we sometimes forget is a conversation requires two things. It requires talking and listening. If you've ever been in a a friendship with somebody in a relationship, the first thing that you remember, whether it's um, growing your relationship or in marriage counseling, is that you have to learn to listen. So you can't just let the person talk or just think about what you're going to say. You have to consciously stop and listen in order to grow in your relationship. And so that's we're talking about today. Prayer is talking and listening. One thing about prayer growing up as a little girl is I thought it had to be done a certain way. I thought you had to be in a dark room, mind quiet, on your knees um, to pray that way. But prayer can be done at any place at any time, doing the dishes, changing diapers, um, driving in the car. Prayer does not have to look a certain way. And I love that we serve a God who just wants to stop and spend time with us. Often we, we, don't, we forget that we have the opportunity to pray and talk to the God who created the entire universe, the one who formed us in our mother's wombs. When I read the Old Testament, I realize that they long to have what we have to be able to have a one-on-one conversation with Jesus. Prayer, talking, and listening. So listening is something that we don't do a lot when we pray. And a lot of times when we talk about listening during prayer or hearing God, a lot of people think, are we talking about hearing God audibly because that doesn't happen to me but we're not talking about hearing God audibly even though some people have had that experience we're talking about intentionally calming and quieting your heart and mind to be able to listen to God and this happens in many different ways not everyone is the same and so what I did is I talked to a few people and I asked them do you listen to God when you pray and number two how do you hear him so most people said, um, when I said you listen to God, they say not enough, <laughs> um, and so that is common for sure, um, but what's very interesting is in their answers that a lot of people kind of mix hearing and feeling God, which I think is really, really cool. So one of the answers was I hear God through other people. So if I feel like God is leading me in a certain direction and someone tells me or confirms what God is saying. I feel like that is I'm hearing God in that way. Some of you may have experienced that in a sermon or listening to a podcast online, um, where you think Has that person been in my home because I've actually been praying that very same thing. Others say they hear God through music. They listen to worship music during the week. They realize that the song will come on and it's exactly what you needed to hear, and you feel God's presence. Um, some say they feel God in a way that it can't explain. Or they feel God directing them to do something um, specific. It's not really a voice that they hear. It's just a feeling. And they're pulling, um, God's pulling them in a direction. And they know it's God because if they go the other way, they feel a sense of disobedience. Some people hear God in nature. Some people read a daily devotion. And whatever they open up that book to that day is exactly what they have been praying for. And that reminds them that God is listening to them and that he is there with them. Some feel a sense of peace in a decision they have to make or um, they feel peace in a situation that normally will cause them anxiety or stress and um, even though nothing has changed in that situation they feel the peace of God and others feel hear God when they are reading scripture so we all hear God in different ways there's nothing specific some of the things that I name may be how you hear God or it may be something in addition to that so when we read the Bible we always have to make sure that we pay attention to the culture of that time. We're reading about a Middle Eastern people who are Jewish. And so when we read a text, we always make sure we um, combine those two things. So um, in Jewish culture, they usually pray three times a day. And one one of the prayers they usually pray in the morning and at night is called the Shema. And that can be found in Deuteronomy if you want to look it up. But one thing that's very interesting to me is that shema means to hear and take action. So when we pray, we're not just talking to God, we're not just listening to God, we are also taking action on what he is asking us to do. So prayer is not just something that we simply um, give a speech to God about what we need, about what we desire. It is a conscious decision to um, sit with God, grow in our relationship with him, and then do what he is asking us to do. So let's go ahead and jump into our text, Matthew 6, verses 5 through 8. It says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray... Do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. So this is Jesus telling the disciples how they're supposed to posture themselves when they pray. The very first line says, and when you pray. So it's an assumption that as believers we are to pray on a regular basis. And then verse um, 7 where it says, do not go on babbling like pagans. Pagans refer to the Greeks and the Romans who are not believers in Christ. And to their, they don't know if their gods are ever angry with them or appeased. So they, when they pray, they use all of their words trying to make sure that their, their gods are happy with them. But we know that our God loves us and cares for us no matter what. So we don't have to use all of our words when we pray to him. All right, let's continue reading in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. And let's go through... The Lord's Prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this is a text that we have, if you have been in church for a while you've heard over and over and over again but we're going to take a look um, at this as a whole and break down line by line so in the very beginning of this first <laughs> one thing that stands out is this text can be broken down in two sections verses 9 and 10 point to god it says your name your kingdom your will so the first thing that jesus is saying to them is that when they are to pray they're first to look up to god not focused on ourself and our individual needs but God and his kingdom. So the first line of the prayer is our father. And whenever we think of fathers, a lot of people don't have a relationship with their dad. They have a broken relationship with their dad. They've been abandoned or harmed by him. So their earthly father. So it's really hard for them to understand and connect with God as their heavenly father. And God is perfect. And he, um, no earthly father could ever fill his shoes. So if you are someone who um, can't relate to God as father because you have a broken relationship with your father, perhaps that is a prayer you can start out with this year in 2022 is, Lord, show me um, that you are my perfect father and help fill in those gaps in my life so that when I pray to you, I can really know and experience you as my father. The next line says, Hallowed be your name. Hallowed means holy. So we're saying that. God is holy, that He is sacred, and that He is our King, which means if we are saying that God is our King, that we are submitting everything to Him accordingly. Your kingdom come, your will be done, is the next line. Means we are focusing on God's kingdom and His will, and we are saying that His will is greater than ours. And when I think about praying this way, I think about how this helps me to understand that no matter what I'm praying, that God's will for my life is greater than my prayer. So when my prayers don't get answered in my time and my way, I know that God's will is greater than my own. Now, the second half of the prayer is very interesting, but the key words change from your talking about God to us and ours. And um, that that is where the word community prayer comes in because the lord's prayer that jesus taught us how to pray is not about ourselves it is about our community and growing up whenever i said this prayer and i learned to memorize this prayer i always said us <laughs> but what I, I always thought me Here, give me forgive me lead me and deliver me it was all about me in our western culture we're very centered on the individual our individual sin our individual salvation it's all about us But Middle Eastern culture, the culture of the Bible, is about a communal culture. So everything happens in community. So when we pray, God is telling us that we are to pray not just for ourselves, but also our community. And then Jesus continues, give us today our daily bread. That tells us that he's expecting us to pray daily. And bread is a need, not a want. So he wants us to focus on the things that we need and not the things that we want. Next, he says... And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. What debt actually means is um, sin. (laughs) So when we say that line, we're actually saying, and forgive us our sin as we also have forgiven our sinners or those who have sinned against us. Whenever I read that line, it becomes so heavy to me because if I am asking God to forgive me of my sins, that means I'm also saying that I am forgiving or have forgiven those who have sinned against me. That is really heavy because many of us have been harmed in ways that we cannot ever imagine. But because God has given us the gift of forgiveness and salvation, he is asking us to do the same for others. Forgiveness is a decision that we have to make to let go of resentment and thoughts of revenge towards anyone that hurt us. It doesn't make them um, not accountable to what they did, but it lifts the weight of unforgiveness off of us. I remember growing up, a lady told me, Unforgiveness is like stabbing yourself and expecting the other person to be wounded. And I thought, that is a great picture of how God wants us to walk in forgiveness so that we can be free of those things and that people that have hurt us and lastly jesus says and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one it's reminded that we live in a broken world and that we will be tempted and it also reminds us that we have a real enemy and that is satan that prayer helps us to realize that when we pray when we seek god on a daily basis that we are asking him to show us and to be able to decipher What is right from what is almost right, especially in a society where they are telling us um, different things about culture. We want to make sure that we know what Jesus is telling us and where he is leading us. When we pray, we're reminded of the holiness of God and the call to pray for our community. If I have learned one thing in the past two years, it is that God is calling the church to be the community that he talks about in Scripture, He doesn't want us to struggle in isolation. He wants us to support one another through prayer and not just through, I know I'm supposed to pray for you, but to be able to weep and mourn with those next to us, to be able to pray together in community. And so when I thought about for 2022, I want to change my prayers to not just praying for me. I want to change my prayers to pray for community because I long for the church to be the church of the Middle Eastern culture, one that is communal because imagine how much of a witness we will be to the world if we are united as one people and not divided as we have seen a lot the past few years. So what does communal prayer look like? For example, if my child is having a situation in school where they're not um, connecting well or maybe being bullied, instead of my prayer being, Lord, help me help my child in this situation, cover my child, and my prayer will become Lord, help the parents who are hurting because their children are having hard times in having a hard time in school. If I'm praying for my marriage, it won't be help me with my spouse. It will be, Lord, help those in my community who are having a difficult time in their marriage. Allow them to feel your presence and your peace. If you are single and you're praying for your spouse and your communal prayer turns into, Lord, please help those who are single in my community to have peace while they wait for the person that you have brought to them. It is easy to to not just think about our own individual needs, but to begin to think about the needs of our community because we pray for our community. We are included in that prayer. So in 2022, one of the ways that I would love for our church to grow in prayer and to grow in community is our Murray Hills family page. If you're a part of that on Facebook, every Thursday morning at 10, I will be praying over the needs of our community. So whatever you turn in, in the connect cards, I'll pray over that as long as it's, um, not confidential or if you list a prayer request on facebook so i want us to be able to to be together to pray together in community so if you're not able if you're not on facebook if you're not able to connect with us because you're at work or whatever um for the month of january just set your uh calendar for 10 a.m and wherever you are just stop and pray talk listen and act on what you hear so we pray because it is an act of obedience god commands us to it's not a suggestion We pray because it strengthens our faith. It creates a posture of humility because it reminds us that God is our king, that he is in control of our lives and not us. Prayer gives us peace. It reminds us that we are dealing with a real enemy here on earth. It changes who we are. It aligns us to God's will for our lives. It reminds us that we need a community and that he has called us to be in community together. And prayer is relational it helps us to look more like God. The Lord's Prayer is a model of how we should pray. God first, others second. He is calling us to look up at him, to focus on who he is, and then secondly, to look around at our community and pray for the needs of our, those people around us. So as we close today, I'm going to read a prayer that I wrote based on Matthew 6. And I rewrote it a little just to Um, fit my context. And so that's an assignment for you this week, to take Matthew 6 and write a prayer based on what you've learned today, and then um, memorize that prayer and pray it throughout the year. So as we close, I'm going to pray that prayer over us. Let's bow our heads and pray. Papa, who dwells in a perfect place where there is no mourning, no sadness, and no division. Sacred and holy is your name. May your kingdom come to earth. May your will be done through the obedience of your people on earth as it is in heaven. Give my brothers and sisters today our daily needs and forgive us our sins as we strive daily to forgive those who have sinned against us. Make us aware of the temptations that distract us from your will for our lives. Deliver and protect us from the evil one. Amen.